Well, today we come to the end of our series called From This Day Forward, and, and really an important finish, uh, talking to, through our fifth commitment of the five commitments we've been talking about. But first, how many of you are married to someone who is different from you in many ways? Oh, here we go. All right, that, that drew some excitement. Okay, uh, now here's the thing. Like, when you're dating, the whole opposites attract thing is kind of cute. Like, oh, we're so different. You're crazy. You're different. I talk all the time. You just sit there and listen. It's great. But here's the thing. After 10 or 20 years of marriage, the whole opposites attract thing is kind of annoying, right? It gets a little bit old. Like, why are we still fighting about the same stuff? How come you haven't become like me more after all of these years? Uh, how many of you are, um, uh, one of you in the relationship is always on time, maybe even always early, and the other one is a little bit more creative with time? Anybody like that? Okay. All right, we got a few of those. How about uh, anybody out there... Um, uh, one person is a spender, and the other one is a saver. Anybody like that? Okay, got a little bit, got some differences there. How about one of you is like, you're a, you're a planner, you're going to take care of the details, and the other one likes to figure it out when you get there. I didn't even finish yet, your hand went up. <laughs> I can take a guess which one she is, based on the, the quickness of that response. Wait, I didn't see those ones. Which, uh, you got, you're in that relationship, one of you is details, one of you, okay. Uh, how about this one? One of you is um, like just a, a thinker, like it's black and white. I'm going to process the data and whatever it comes to. His, yeah, now it's your turn. Yeah, there you go, Jim. Uh, thinker, planner, and the other one is touchy-feely, like, I know one plus one equals two, but what about three? What are they thinking, right? Like, no? Okay, you guys like that in your relationship? A little bit different? All right, so, so opposites attract, right? And that happens, but opposites can also create some conflict. But honestly, who are we thinking? Who, who, who are we fooling? We're married in relationships. Like, like personalities create conflict too, right? You can say opposites have some conflict, but you get a couple dominant personalities together. You get two planners together. You get two spenders together. That's going to create some conflict too, right? And honestly, uh, you take that conflict, and that leads to arguments, and that can lead to ongoing animosity. That can lead to bitterness, and that can lead to distance within your relationship. But before too long, a lot of times you have two people who are still living under the same roof but are living separate lives and are looking for some space and maybe even want to quit just for some peace. And you go from saying, we're so in love and we're so cute. And you're saying, where did that go? Like, why are we in divorce court? How, how did this happen? How did we, how did we get so far? And, and the worst case scenario often happens, but it doesn't have to happen. And that's where we've been in this series from this day forward, just thinking through five commitments that we can make that it's not going to guarantee success, but I think if we make these five commitments within our relationships, within our marriages, it's going to drastically improve our ability to not only make it, but to enjoy it along the way. And we've admitted right up front, this is for married people, like we're talking about marriage and those types of things, but if you're not married, this is something, if, if you're anticipating marriage, if you're anticipating remarriage at some point, this is something I want you to store up, and not only store up for the future, but begin practicing right now, because you have friends, and a lot of these dynamics happen in those relationships. You have family members, and a lot of these dynamics happen in those relationships, and so you can begin practicing and start making some of these commitments now, so that when that time comes you've been already practicing and you're ready to begin a healthy relationship. And so that's where we've been. And, and today we move on with the final challenge. Uh, and we're going to take that from Matthew, uh, starting in Matthew 19. Um, 
Uh, and I've got a couple things I want to mention before we get too deep into this. But Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 to 6, you'll recognize these verses. Um, it says, Some of the Pharisees came to him to test him. And they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And Jesus says, Haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female? And he said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, you can spend a lot of time digging this apart. We spent time on this topic in our Sermon on the Mount series back in February. So if you want more of an exhaustive, here's what Fieldstone believes about marriage, divorce, remarriage, I encourage you. It was February 17. It's available on our website, fieldstonechurch.org slash audio. You can find us on iTunes. I'd really encourage you if, you, if you want more of an exhaustive look at divorce in particular, go hit that talk on February 17. It kind of lays out uh, what we see in Scripture when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but today, what we want to take from this, the fifth commitment within our relationships, within our marriages, is to never give up. See, we started with seek God. Not only seeking God as individuals, seeking God as our number one priority, because our spouse is not the one. They're not the one. They're our number two. And so we seek God as our number one in preparation for our number two, and we seek God as our number one with our number two once we're within the relationship. And so that has to be the highest priority. And we talked about having fun in marriage, and we talked about fighting fair. We talked about staying pure. And this week is the big challenge, the final one. Because even in the midst of that, there is some drama, there is some conflict, and so we make the commitment to never give up. Now, the, the caveats I want to throw out, okay? I want to throw these out before we get too deep. Uh, if you're in a relationship and you find yourself in a situation that is terribly unhealthy, maybe there's some abuse within the relationship, maybe your kids are in, a, in an incredibly toxic environment, I want to encourage you, in the midst of this challenge not to give up, get safe. Get some help, okay? Bring somebody else into the discussion, whether it's a counselor or a pastor or whatever. Bring someone in who can help you get safe, help you uh, work through some things. Uh, in the midst of never giving up, there are some scenarios that we need to step away for a second and, and make sure everybody's good, okay? So that's one. Second thing is this. Many of you, God has brought us a, a family here where many of you are divorced, and many of you are divorced and remarried. And so as we throw out these challenges to never give up, remember the series is from this day forward. Because we've all got stuff back here, right? We've all got things we've brought into this morning as we walked into this building that we're not proud of, that we're not happy about, that have given us some baggage that we're carrying into the situation. But what we're talking about is from this day forward, this is a commitment we're going to make. Maybe you're in a marriage. Maybe you're in a second marriage. Maybe you're anticipating a marriage or a second marriage. It's about from this day forward. And that brings me to the third note, that we certainly serve a God who has standards. We serve a God who lays out his expectations and his goals for marriage and all of our relationships. And he has something he wants us to strive for. He wants us to be holy as he is holy. But we also serve a God of overwhelming grace. And he knows that we are going to fall short of the standard from time to time. And so he is there to say, listen, pick yourself up. I forgive you. From this day forward, let's do better. Okay, so keeping all those things in mind, never give up. Why? Because that last verse, Matthew 19, 6, they're no longer two but one. 
Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Marriage is two becoming one. And so splitting up a marriage is the attempt to unone what God has made one. And when we try to do that, it's messy and it's painful and it follows you around. And what we find out is that marriage is not some contract. Marriage is a covenant. See, a contract is based on mutual distrust. Right? There's an assumption of some issues there. there there's distrust. It, a, a contract limits my responsibilities and protects my rights. It's like uh, entering into a, a, a rental house. Re- entering an agreement like that, it protects me from wrongdoing. Right? I'm, I'm saying I'm only in as far as you're in. I'm going to meet you halfway. If you're in, I'm in. And I'm only in as long as you're in. So at some point, if you decide to bail, if you breach the contract, you do go against something that we've agreed on mutually, then if you're out, I'm out. If you're not going to meet me halfway, I'm not going to meet you halfway. And that's where the prenup comes in, right? You think, I, I don't want to lose my truck. I don't want to lose my golf clubs. I don't want to lose my retirement account. So if you screw up, if I screw up, I'm protected, you're protected. So I've got, I've got, a, I've got a safety net there in case this doesn't work out. I, I'm in if you're in. I'm committed if you're still committed but I've got an out. And so a contract means that the relationship can come to an end as easy as it came to a beginning. There's mutual agreement, there's paperwork, there's legal proceedings, and it's created and it's ended. It can happen as easy as that. So a contract's based on mutual distrust, but a covenant is based on mutual commitment. A covenant limits my rights and increases my responsibility. A covenant is a permanent relationship, just like our relationship with God. And the, and the Hebrew word that talks about a covenant actually means a cutting. And what they would do many times is they would, as they were entering into a covenant, whether it was a marriage or a, or a land agreement or a business agreement, they would take a bull and they would cut it in half and they would walk through it together. Basically saying, if I break this covenant, if I go back on my word, if I quit on this, may what, ha- may what happened to this bull happen to me. I'm all in. From this day forward, I'm not giving up on this covenant. And so this is more, as we talk about marriage, this is more than some legal union, right? And you've seen it happen in this country where marriage has been reduced to this legal thing. You sign some paperwork and a civil relationship is formed. And you can call that whatever you want it to, but a marriage is a commitment made before God. We're saying, I take you from this day forward, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, for as long as she makes me happy? Nope. For as long as he fulfills his his part of the deal? Nope. For as long as she hangs on to her college body? Nope. It's keeping the covenant no matter what. Well, what if I'm unhappy? What if I can't trust him? What if I don't love her anymore? That's where the seeking God part comes in. The first commitment that we made week one, the one that is the umbrella over all the other commitments, the one that has to be the priority. Because when that kind of stuff happens, if we don't have any more love to give, he can love through us because he never runs out of love. He never runs out of patience. He never runs out of his capacity to forgive. He can forgive when you're fed up. He can love when you're out. He can churn those things up in you again. And it can get very difficult. So we have to let God do what we can't and allow him to love through us. 
So Justin, how do I keep trying, right? How do, how do I move forward? What, what about when I'm out of ideas, I'm out of all those things, I'm trying to seek God? Well, when it comes to that, I, w- I want to talk about sowing and reaping this morning, okay? Um, certainly within a marriage, but for those of you who are currently single, this even starts now, all right? So we're going to go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man or a woman, they reap what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So number one, you reap what you sow. All right? Understatement of the year. If I plant an apple seed, I'm going to get an apple tree. Right? You're going to bear the fruit of the seed that you plant. If someone smiles at you, statistics show you're almost guaranteed to smile back. If they yawn at you, you're almost guaranteed to yawn back, right? If they cuss you out, you pray and you <laughs> thank them and tell them Jesus loves them, right? It all goes well, right? So if you show If you show compassion and you show grace and you show thoughtfulness, what's coming back at you? And if someone is always complaining and always critical and always comparing you to someone else, what's going to come back to them? The harvest depends on what you're planting. And so your spouse, just like a seed that becomes multiplied into a tree and a bunch of fruit, your spouse becomes a multiplier in many ways. Think about it. Men, if you give your wife the man cave, going to change. It's going to multiply her wifeness, right? It's going to get nicer and maybe pinker, and it's going to smell better, right? She's going to multiply her skills and multiply her personality in your man cave. Ladies, if you give your man the bathroom, he's going to multiply his manness in the bathroom. It's going to have a different vibe. It's going to have a different smell. It's going to have a different feel, right? Because his personality, his vibe is going to be multiplied based on what is being sown into that bathroom. Now, if your spouse cooks and you come up with some groceries for them, some of you are amazing. You're going to multiply that into this amazing meal. We hit some grad parties yesterday. Some of you took the most simple stuff. Somebody had like this like whipped cream Oreo thing yesterday, and my son and I both had like a softball size, beach ball size amount. It was so good, and we paid the price for it because it was so sugary and so good. But you take these few ingredients, and you're able to multiply it into something great. That's what happens. Along those same lines, if you give your spouse flowers and affection and have good communication and respect, and you give them your heart, imagine what's going to be multiplied back to you based on those seeds that are sown. But if you give them a hard time, they're going to give you hell on earth because you reap what you sow. So if you don't like what you're getting, if you don't like what you're experiencing, then maybe you need to take a look at what you're giving and the seeds that you're planting. You reap what you sow. There's another side of that. Not only do you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow. Great understatement number two. Not only if you plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree. If you plant it right here, you're going to get it right here. You're going to reap where you sow. If I plant my energy and my passion, and my resources into my hobby, or my kids, or my career, am I going to reap in my marriage? No. 
I'm going to reap where I sow. And some of you, that's where you're at right now. You've, you haven't been seeking God as your number one. You've been putting other things there. You haven't been seeking him at, with your number two, with your spouse. And so your job is number one. Your hobby is number one. Maybe your kids are number one, which always sounds really good because they're your kids, right? But all the while, as you're investing in those other things, it's killing your marriage. So your kids are happy. Your career is thriving taking some fun trips, there's some good things happening, but your marriage is suffering, and your marriage is only as good as you decide for it to be. Committing to make God my number one, and my spouse my number two, making your marriage the priority, because kids are great, they need you, they need your investment in their lives, but eventually they're going away. We haven't and kind of a crazy amount of seniors in our church this year, like a bunch of kids graduating, and they're going away. And you're probably celebrating that, right, parents? Like, all right, we got some freedom. But they're gone. And your career is important. You need to invest in that. You need the challenge. You need the money. You need that, that pursuit. But eventually your career is going away, and sometimes it goes away not by choice. And you got to have fun. You've got to have hobbies, but eventually your back won't let you do that hobby anymore. Your body's going to break down. You're going to run out of time. And eventually, you're just going to be stuck with each other. And so what have you been sowing all of these years while the kids were growing up, while the career was advancing, while you had a good golf game? What have you been, what have you been sowing? Because when it all goes away, you're going to find out what your harvest looks like. Within your marriage, you are one. And so you might as well decide today what your oneness is going to look like. You can choose now, from this day forward. Remember, we've all got things back here, even within our marriage, maybe in the last few weeks that we're not proud of within our relationship, but we can decide from this day forward to sow into our marriage and never give up. Um, uh, most of the weeks, we, we didn't have one last week, but each week leading up to this, we've, uh, I've gotten somebody else on stage to kind of hear from. It's been wives, because you get my perspective, you hear from the, the husband, you hear from me. Um, and so we've had different people on stage to kind of share their perspective. And today, we've got a very special one. Eric, what'd you do with that microphone? Where'd that go? Oh, you got it? Sweet. Hopefully, I don't blow up the speakers by walking down here, but... Okay, let me go this way. I'll turn this off. once I get out here, I'm okay. All right, so uh, I asked, if you guys don't know, uh, this is Ron and Nancy Rohr. Uh, I won't ask them to stand, but you can kind of take a look. Uh, known these guys for a lot of years now, and I thought, who better to talk to about not giving up than a couple that has spent a lot of years not giving up, right? Here, I'm going to give you this. goes against my better judgment to give you a, a microphone, Nancy, but uh, I'm going to trust Ron to take well, that from you if, if well, you need to. Well, I'm going to start with him. He's okay. the head of the house. There you go. <laughs> Where Christ is the head of the church. That's right. You know what? I love you. You just want to preach? You just want to <laughs> no. preach? Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, Ron, how long you guys been married? Uh, how did you meet? Um, I won't ask you how old you are. We'll figure that out on our own once you tell us all the other stuff, but kind of tell us. Uh, where this all got started for you guys? Uh, well, we've um, working on 55 years, and wow. um, we met through um, some mutual friends in Ohio. And I was living up here, working in um, Michigan, and she. It was a blind date. <laughs> it was a blind date. <laughs> well, he was supposed to go out with my sister. 
Your sister? He didn't want to go with him. Okay. So they introduced me to him. Okay. All right. Well, that, that bears a little more... Um, we won't go there. We won't go there. A little more explanation. It sounds I, like a story from the Bible I heard one time. <laughs> well, well, I think, um, you know, what happens uh, that, that makes you stick together, I think, in our particular case, was that I grew up in church, and so did Nance in her church. And I was taught, you know, many of the things you're teaching today. And, and uh, one of the things, of course, uh, growing up, I learned that um, the Lord has a work to do in you before you go on to the next step. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was um, painfully true in my life. He, I kept, uh, back in the day, my friends all got married, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. Mm -hmm. But if you were 21 and you weren't married back in my day, something was wrong with you. So, but um, still wasn't married at 21, and uh, the Lord just kept impressing upon me, I, you're not ready yet, you know, mm -hmm. I've got a work to do in you, yeah. and you, the foundation isn't there for a marriage because you're, you know, you're just too immature. <laughs> so a few years later, you know, and I prayed all these years, Lord, send the right one to me because I haven't got enough sense to figure out who it is. <laughs> And um, so through these miraculous steps, as she said, we met um, yeah. based on uh, blind date. And, um, and as soon as we met, it was just like I'd known her all my life. And wow. we, we pulled out our checklists and went down the list. And we uh, were amazed that everything that uh, we needed in each other were there. And, and uh, finally, the Lord said, well, now I think you're ready. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've got uh, your, you get some these of your kids and grandkids here. What's your fa how many kids? How many grandkids? Well, we have four. We had four. Your kids. You take it. Yeah. We had four kids. Okay. And our oldest boy passed away four years ago. So um, the other three is well. There's only two here. Right. Our other son's uh, uh, wife's sister passed away yesterday at two o'clock oh with cancer. Wow. 50, 50 years old. Wow. So anyhow, the two's here. Then the Lord stand up and let them see. No, you don't have to stand up. Oh. You don't have to stand up. <laughs> I'm, still well, in char I'm still in charge of this, Nancy. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think so. You got to see Rachel Grant. Yep. I don't know Rachel well, hey. Grant. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and Rachel's graduating, right? No, she graduates next year. Next year. Oh, and, sorry, Rachel. And, and Rachel's with the Fiddlers of Celine. Okay. And um, Grant is with Wesson. Indiana, Indiana West. West. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this, because, I mean, it's a nice, cute story, blind date, supposed to be my sister. Uh -huh. Tell us, was it ever hard? Oh, many times hard. Ron, be ready to grab the mic. Well, <laughs> many times. When we were first... Married, you know, you go on faith yeah. of a check when the check come in, and the Lord always provided for for us. And I grew up on the farm, and we were very poor, mm. very poor. So you learn young to do things to can. If you didn't, if you didn't can, you didn't eat. You know, you yeah. raised your pigs, everything, cows, you know, calves and everything on the farm. And so I've taught, taught my children, m most of them, Rachel and Sarah, knew how to can. Mm. They know how to can. Yeah. So that's, I'm talking about my grandkids. We don't sloth. 
we don't, uh, we, we, we're proud, but we're not so proud that we can't give and receive. Mm -hmm. And So did any of that ever, as you guys got married, did that create any tension between you and Ron ever? Were you oh, trying to well, figure that stuff out? And well, sometimes, you know. Yeah. He, had, he knows what buttons to push in me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting the picture? Yeah, I, I understand completely, yeah. Well, yep. he knows. He knows what buttons yeah. to set me off. Yeah. And I'm usually a really loving person. <laughs> and I know that's true. I know that's true. Well, my brother, bless his heart, the only one I have left, yeah. he said to me the other day about my mom and dad, you're just like mom. And he said, that even the devil fears you. And <laughs> All right, gotcha. I want to I, I hear, hear from Ron for a second. Okay. So, so Ron, from your perspective then, so from her perspective, it's all your fault, it sounds like. Um, but were there ever times, you know, 55 years, were, were there ever times where you thought, I don't like her very much, or this, this is hard, or, or like, did you ever want to quit? And, it, and if there were ever difficult times, how did you kind of, how did you come through those and, and make it? And never wanted to quit, but mm -hmm. there were difficult times yeah. as there are, in, you know, raising four children. There's sure. going to be, you know, those kind of days. But um, the, um, I guess the, the long part of it is, is that uh, there's priorities in life you have to provide for your family, and that requires you mm -hmm. to do work. And of course, sometimes you're gone more yep. than you want to be, and things like that. You don't get a a chance to spend as much time with your family as you want, but um, th there was an old saying, it's not an old saying, because you've been saying it along, the couple that prays together mm -hmm. stays together, and and that goes a little further, the family that prays together yeah. stays together, so we, we try to incorporate in our family the, uh, you know, the Christian values that we were taught growing up, and, and, and then pass them on to the next generation, and then um, there's another old saying that says, um, you'll know if you were good parents when you meet your grandchildren, so. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and, that, and that's a huge note right there because we've got other grandparents here and some of you will be grandparents eventually. The parenting doesn't stop, right? There's, there's still that huge investment. Um, and that's, that's why I love, if you're newer to Fieldstone, our, our mission is to transform family trees. That's not just done by preaching to the 25-year-olds. And the 30-year-olds. That's done by together, all the generations coming together to invest in the families of this church um, and this community. And so it never stops, right? No, and I think that's one of the one of the jobs the Lord gives you. You know, he invests you in a family and you one day find you're head of the family and, yeah. and you have a, a responsibility to continue on and encourage and, and, um, and he expects that uh, even though you get old, you think you're not um, as you know, relevant as you once were, but he stops you and says, "You're relevant." So yeah. So maybe one last thing. Well, you know, we've got a lot of couples of different ages at different stages in their lives and, and relationships. What's one thing you would leave them with? You know, from you know, 55 years, boil it down to one thing. Good luck. <laughs> now, what, what? Any any wisdom you want to leave us with? I think that the. Um, 
thing that keeps coming back to me is sometimes the um, it's in the busyness of the world and things that it's easy to get distracted. There's so many distractions, especially in today's society. Sometimes I'm in awe at how the young people can even draw close to the Lord mm -hmm. at all in these days. Back in our day, it was uh, it seems a little it was simpler. Um, you know, I hate to say there wasn't any television when I was a little kid, and, <laughs> and there just wasn't a lot of distractions. <laughs> and, um, and, and of course, the, in, in our area, probably 90% of the people I knew were involved in some church, yeah. and um, regardless of their denomination. But on Sunday morning, everybody was running out the door, getting in their cars, and going to church. And yeah. so the, but society, as the word says, over time is deteriorating until he comes back. And so in order to have strong young families, it requires an investment of time and prayer and, and encouragement to, uh, to each one. Um, and, um, and I think that's what the Lord expects yep. of us, to just keep, keep on keeping on until he calls you home. Yeah, awesome. Nancy, anything <laughs> else, anything you want to finish with? Be good now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would just like to say that never give up. Yeah. Don't always apologize to your teenagers. You cannot be a friend. You can be the mother. You can love them, but you can't be their friend. Not while they're teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's the truth. Sorry, kids, but it's the truth. <laughs> you know, I, I don't care how good you are. You're still a teenager. Now, the, the daughters that are here, you, did she live that out? You did okay, yeah? All right. <laughs> and I've even went so far, I'll tell this one, is when I had my, well, there's the, the three of them are sitting right down there, Jeff, or no, Lori, Brent, and Lori Cindy. Lori and Cindy down there, yeah. They went off to a concert oh, here we over go. at uh, someplace <laughs> over on the other side of the world. And... You know what? You use a lot of resources, but they knew if I had used one that I was going to, it's going to be facts. So what I did was I told them they got ready to go, and I said, go, but that car is in my name. And if I call, I won't call you guys. I'll call the cops, and they'll pick my car up, and you can stay over there if you want to. I really don't care. There you go. Tough love, right? <laughs> Tough love. That's right. All right, can we give these guys a round of applause, please? <laughs> That's too good. They're, uh, they've got another show at the second service. If you guys want to stick around, they'll be back uh, for a second act. <laughs> Never give up. And, and here's the thing, just in closing, and uh, the team's going to come and do a couple more songs, but... Um, not giving up doesn't just mean not divorcing, right? It, it's deeper than that. It's not giving up is not stopping seeking God together. It's not stopping our attempt to fight fair. It's not stopping having fun. It's not stopping our attempt to, to stay pure within our relationships. And if you think about it, in every other part of life, you can't just stop and quit, right? Taxes are no fun, but you have to, you can't just quit your taxes. Some of you have babies, right? Miriam got a baby. You can't just stop taking care of your kid because she's super loud and annoying and crying all the time. You just can't. Some of your jobs are very difficult. You can't just walk away. But you can reap a harvest of intimacy. You can reap a great story. 
you can reap a harvest of integrity and a legacy and a transformed family tree if, Galatians 6, 9, if we do not give up. Never give up. And I'll close, uh, as we've said each week, um, if, if you're at a place you just need somebody else's perspective, um, need somebody else's, maybe some neutral input, we've got some couples that have agreed to spend some time with you, hear your story, speak into your relationship. We'd love to, to connect you with some of them. Let us know if you're interested in taking advantage of that. Um, and then some questions for you to discuss on your way out today, okay? Um, if you're single, your question today is this. What and where am I sowing? Where am I investing now in order to reap the healthiest future for myself and a potential future spouse? What am I sowing right now? And those of you who are in a relationship, God is number one. Is there anything that we are sowing that's taken priority over the long-term health of our marriage? What are we prioritizing above our marriage? Let's pray. God, uh, thanks for uh, a great morning. Thanks for, um, thanks for wisdom, Father, from your word, from people who have been there and done that. Um, God, I pray that as we, we wrap this up and, and we move on to other things, that, that we would continue to be challenged from your word on what you want for us as individuals, in our marriages, in our families. God, let us make that number one second only to our relationship with you and, and our desire to seek you and know you more and become more like your son. Father, we love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.